This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome back to Do the Work. Today and every day, we will talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. I've been talking about change for the last four podcasts, and I'm so excited to share with you that I'm planning to create a course using these last four podcasts, along with other great information to invite you to make small and lasting choices that will help you learn, grow, and progress emotionally, relationally, physically, and spiritually. Change is not an event. It's a daily choice and process. So when I say do the work, I'm getting just a little more serious about helping you do that. So be on the lookout. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'd love for you to do that. Do the Work Podcast is my Instagram handle and Facebook handle. You'll find any and all updates there and also on my website, coachchristy.life. You can always contact me by those two means as well. I love hearing what you're hearing and how it's affecting you. Change is not usually found in comfort. And in my profession as a life coach, it is all about helping individuals find and feel peace and progress through change. Changes of behavior, changing patterns that are hurting us, changing beliefs that keep us stuck. I love to sit with a client as they share the challenges that, that are keeping them stuck or what they'd like to change in their or hear to hear what they'd like to change in their relationships and then watch them leave my office only to return and share with me the joy they felt by a small step towards change which those steps if they continue to keep taking eventually lead to big changes to hear someone say i can have a hard conversation now that I never dreamed I could is thrilling to me. What they're saying is these changes that I've chosen have made me more available for connection. I sat with a couple recently that has been very committed to strengthening themselves and their relationship. And with tears in their eyes, I listened to them describe how they shared with their adult children some of their challenges and triumphs that they are having as they've chosen to do the work and make changes in their lives and their relationship. They also shared how these changes in them, the parents, has created a space in their relationships with their children to feel safe, to come and share some of the pain that their children experienced through the inexperience of their younger parents. I had a dad share recently that he invited his children to please come and share with him how he had affected them. I sat with a grandma of many who has lived much of her life in fear and listened to her tell me that she recognizes that choosing fear has been such a painful way to live. And she recognizes she has different choices now and she's choosing them. I will never forget one session with a client that I had come to love and care about. I'd been working as a coach for close to a year when I had a client come in after the holidays and tell me that this was the first Christmas in a long time 
that she hadn't used alcohol to numb herself from the pain she felt during that season and time of year. This was coming from a woman who had been abused and had severe pain from many different life experiences. You couldn't see that on the outside. She was smart, beautiful, and so capable, and she was very wounded and full of pain. Her declaration that she had chosen to not turn to alcohol made me want to cry. In fact, I think I did cry. She went on to share how applying the principles that she had learned, the principles of personal honesty and responsibility, charity for her past self and for those who had hurt her, humility to admit that she had to make different choices if she was going to have different outcomes, and more to her everyday, every-minute experiences helped her see that she didn't have to numb. She was surprised at her ability and also clear about the discomfort that comes with change. What I loved is that she was willing to feel the discomfort in an effort to stop patterns and behaviors that were hurting her, not helping her, from any real connection with those she loved. Numbing feels like a good idea in the moment, but after days and weeks, months and years of it, we can see that in our numbing, We've been unable to connect with others, and we're very much alone. We can be surrounded by people and still feel very much alone, especially when we've been numbing. Our brains are wired for connection. I say that a lot, but it is the absolute truth. Numbing changes our brains, and we can numb in lots of different ways. And I'll talk about that at another time. I heard Matt Townsend, a local marriage and family therapist, say, whatever you avoid imprisons you. Friends, this is true. It's not only, it not only imprisons us, but over time, what we have avoided becomes much bigger in our minds and in our lives. It affects us in so many different ways. In any given moment, we have two options. One, to step forward into growth and change, and two, to step back into safety. Notice I didn't say peace, just the safety of the pain that we already know. I'm very aware that just the word change makes some people uncomfortable. The truth about our psyche is that anything that is new even if it is good, will feel uncomfortable until it is also familiar. That comes from Brianna West from a book that she has written that I love called The Mountain Is You. I met with someone recently, and she was making some life decisions that felt hard for her. Both she had, you know, she was choosing between two things. Both choices were great choices. There wasn't a wrong or a right choice. When I asked her why it felt hard to make the decision, she said, I don't like change. The truth is, she doesn't like the discomfort of something that isn't familiar. I get it. I was on a cruise with my family several years ago, and we were sitting outside this big pool waiting for a water show to start, when suddenly a very loud horn sounded, and then sounded again. 
the woman next to me turned and said, well, that's uncomfortable. I loved her response. It was uncomfortable. Something had changed. It was loud and out of place. It was uncomfortable. But no panic, no judgment, just a clear statement of how it made her feel. Uncomfortable does not mean bad or wrong. It just means uncomfortable. I'm here to blow the proverbial horn. I'm inviting you to get uncomfortable while you experience change. My invitation comes wrapped in so much love for you and compassion because I too know the discomfort of change, the discomfort of small changes and big life changes have tried to convince me that change is bad. However, I've lived far too long and worked with too many clients who have chosen to make small and large changes in their lives that I know on the other side of change is growth and maturity if we choose it. There is strength on the other side. And our courage muscles, you guys, our courage muscles are always stronger when we choose to make changes in our life that will strengthen us. Here's my big ask. Would you be willing to embrace the reality that the need for change does not mean that we are weak or bad or somehow not enough? It means that we're human. When we see a child grow and their pants become too short and their teeth become straight after many months of braces and their child body becomes a more mature body, no one is offended by that. We like and appreciate the fact that our physical bodies change and get stronger. Change is the gift. However, it's strange because when it comes to emotional work, when someone suggests change, or even when we recognize that change is necessary for our growth on our own, so often we avoid it and push back on it. We're offended at the very suggestion that we need to change. Why? Because our shame tells us that a need for change is evidence that we're not enough. See, you're not good. See, you are bad. That our value is less. But that is a lie. That is not the truth. We don't have to stay stuck in any behavior, relationship, or thought pattern that damages us emotionally, spiritually, or physically, or keeps us from progressing. When we can accept that our human self has much need for change, for us to become more authentic, more charitable, more able to connect with ourselves, with others, and with God, and to love them, to love others more deeply, then we will be free. Whether this is conscious or not, many of us do not want to change because we know if we change, then our lives are going to change. Maybe a relationship will need to be different. Sometimes change drastically changes our personality, the way that we interact with people, our relationships, our jobs, our life. This is real. And this is why so many of us are willing to numb or distract or ignore the things that are hurting us or keeping us from growing and progressing. 
Because we know the discomfort and pain that we're already living in now, we've lived it sometimes for decades, and we're afraid of the discomfort that we don't know, as I mentioned earlier. Brianna Wiest, again, in her insightful book, The Mountain Is You, said, Self-sabotage is not a way to hurt ourselves. It's a way to protect ourselves. That was so good. We are protecting ourselves from the discomfort of change, even if it means we stay in pain, the current pain that we're already in. I've done it a lot of times. That is a reality. Change it requires honesty. Change requires humility. Change requires us to take full responsibility for ourselves and our choices. The first step to healing anything is taking full accountability. Again, from the mountain is you. If we want to change something physically, maybe we want to exercise more, then we don't get to blame the weather. We don't get to blame our sleep. We don't get to blame our friend who made us stay up late. If we want to change our physical routine, then we are 100% responsible for ourselves to make the change. If we really want to change, we have to be willing to be overtly honest with ourselves. We have to be real with ourselves. It's an interesting thing that I see to see myself and others have created stories so that they feel and so that I feel better about my choices. There's an app called Be Real where you take a photo right where you're at and then you send it to your friends that you follow and that follow you. It's supposed to be something that presents our real lives as opposed to the lives that we can curate on social media. I'm not sure that even on that app, the photos are that real. But for the sake of this thought, let's assume they are. We want to look at our lives with a be real attitude. What am I really spending my time on, my energy and my money on? How am I really treating other people? What do I want to change and why? Some of you will have specific things that you know you want to change. Some of you may feel a little muddy about it, knowing that you aren't truly happy in your life, but unsure where to start. I love Sarah Clark's suggestion this month, and it's a common therapeutic practice as well, to track your choices in a day. If you're wanting to pick up your phone less, be willing to check the stats on your phone that track how many times you picked up your phone. If you want to drink more water, don't just think, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking more water. Track it. If you want to validate your children, your spouse, or friends more, track it. There are lots of good tracking apps. I like HabitShare. Creating habits that help us grow and progress is worth our time, and tracking helps us create habits. You don't have to track forever. Just as a beginning of, a, of creating a habit. A suggestion, again, from the, mountain, the book, The Mountain Is You, write, write down every single thing that you're not happy with in your life, all of it. Start Maybe start with physical, then move to social. 
than to intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. Anything that you're not happy with, choose something, just one thing from that list to begin working on. If you aren't sure where to start, notice where you feel pain or where you avoid or where you aren't being honest with yourself or others and lovingly start from there. And I mean lovingly. No, it does us no good to beat ourselves up over our past choices. As you've listened to the last four weeks of podcasts, Sarah Clark shared such valuable information about change and why understanding our motives and values is critical to understanding why we want to change in the first place. Joe Morton helped us see that we have the power over our minds. And our, for real change to happen, we have to learn how to be present in our circumstances. Mary Scoresby delighted us with her very real and authentic self and life experiences as we discussed one of the biggest reasons that we do not make choices to change, which is the fact that we don't like We are uncomfortable and we do not like that vulnerable feeling, the feeling that we could fail or that we might not be good. As Mary shared with us, our perfect cookies might not be appreciated in the way we'd hoped, so we'd have to feel something about that. Brandon Patrick is a longtime expert on helping people make massive changes in their life as they've worked to overcome addiction. I was So excited to have him on the podcast to share his deep well of wisdom. My discussion with him about the principles of change is so helpful as you and I consider making real and lasting changes. Change is hard at first and often so uncomfortable and messy in the middle. But generally speaking, the end is beautiful. It's empowering. It's you. Change isn't about learning to be happy. Happiness is a choice. Change is about learning to grow. It's about progression. It's about recognizing how our choices affect other people and how they're affecting ourselves. The next several weeks of podcasts are going to be about relationships. Change is, in it's just inevitable in relationships. It's required in relationships. We can either fight against that or we can embrace it. I'm really looking forward to those discussions. I love having conversations about things that really matter. Thank you again to Sarah, Joe, Mary, and Brandon for your time and your willingness to talk with me this month about real change, and, and, and giving us some of the tools that will help us be successful as we try to change. And I'm always grateful for 98 Studios and for all of their effort in making this podcast great. If you like this podcast, will you share it on your social media or just send it to a friend? Will you go onto whatever platform you listen to and leave a review and a rating? And as always, If I can be on your team as your personal coach, I'd love to do it.
You can sign up for that on my website at coachchristy.life for private couples or family sessions. You will have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.